Well, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Milestone Church. My name is Chris. I'm the campus pastor here at Milestone McKinney. And just as Katie said, uh, we are so thrilled to have all of our first-time guests that are here today. If this is your first time and I haven't had an opportunity to meet you, I look forward to meeting you after service. Well, we are starting a new series called Christmas at Milestone. And uh, it's going to be an exciting time, a whole month of Christmas celebration and looking to God's Word and, and really just enjoying this moment together. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to chapter 15. We're going to get there in just a minute. I'm going to tell you a little bit of the Christmas story. And then we're going to actually look at Jesus in John chapter 15 and the fulfillment of the role that He played in uh, bringing about joy within our lives. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about joy. You know, we're in the middle of this Christmas season. I don't know about you, but I'm already like, I want things to kind of slow down, but it seems like the pace just keeps picking up. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You're like, I'm like, I want to like soak it all in. And it's like, but there are events and there's services and there's parties and there's decoration and there's food. Now, I like food. I don't mind the food part. We can stop there a little bit. Let's park there for a little while. You know, you got all the stuff, right? And there's things that are vying for your time and your energy and you're excited about it. But in the same hand, you're like, can we slow down? Let's go fast. Let's slow down. I don't know. And there's so much pulling on us. And if you are in any type of capacity responsible, even for multiple aspects or arenas of life, it could be your family, you may be a business owner, uh, you may be a lead on a team. So now the, the areas you're responsible for, they have exponentially grown. And so you're throwing parties and thinking of groups of people in multiple locations. And it's a lot. It can be a lot, and so I've been thinking about you, I've been praying for you, and thinking about what is it that we need in this season. You know, it, with all the fun things going on, all the decoration, all the events, all the parties, there's always this undercurrent, though, that we're looking for. There's an undercurrent that we all want, and that undercurrent in this season really is joy. It's joy. We're, we're all looking for joy. We want to experience joy. And what I want to talk to you about today is where and how we find this biblical joy. Because the truth is, even this year, I think last year there was a little bit of it, but even this year, in all that we've experienced over the last few years with a global pandemic and all these things, and then new things come up, and there could be mandates here or there, we're thinking, this is the year. This is the year I want to, I want to experience joy. I want to experience Christmas. I want, to, I want to get back to normal. I want to, whatever it is, whatever your thought has been, we all are looking for joy. That's what we want, and that's what we want to experience. So how do we do that? You know, there's a lot to be joyful for. There's a lot to be excited for. I love these baptisms. I love celebrating and, and, and being able to hear and see all of these things. In the first service, I loved it. There was a father and his two daughters that got baptized together. And it's incredible. One of the daughters actually gave her life to the Lord at fall retreat. They were, just, they were, sharing, we were sharing with about uh, Lila here just a little while ago who just got baptized, whose life was impacted at fall retreat. And, and so you've got this, this young girl who gives her life to the Lord. It impacts her sister. It impacts uh, uh, her father. They get baptized together. It's just significant. I'm grateful for Matt and men like that. These young people, you don't have to wait to be great. They're embracing and owning their own, their own relationship with Jesus. That's what it's about. And so there's a lot to celebrate there. We've got joy. Katie was talking about joy. This room's going to be filled with women. And it's like they're laughing and having a good time. It's not just a big old party. Let's just be honest. I mean, 
mean, it's just a full-on fiasco, okay? And somehow I get roped into it. Wendy's like, hey, babe, we're going to do this. We got to do pre-show. So I'm like, I get to come here and just be here with a bunch of, it's like, I, this is just a continuation of my life because I just live with a wife and, and three daughters and then a dog that's a girl as well. And I'm like, it's just, I got to, I've told you, you know my pain. The only other male in the house, he's a, what is he? He's a gerbil, I think, or a hamster. I don't know what he is. He's a furry little creature. His name's Oliver. That's all I know. You know, it's like, that's it. It's just me and old Oliver, you know. And, and you know, it's like, what, you know, it's, it's like, but they're going to come. And here's what I love about that moment. I love it because women, they come together and they experience God's presence and they celebrate and they worship together. Let me tell you something. Ladies know how to worship now. You come up in here. They're just going after the Lord. They're worshiping. They ain't worried about anyone else in here. And then, but they also know how to party because we throw on a little dance music out there under them lights on the uh, in the parking lot, and they they're eating, I think, Mikosina and desserts, and they're dancing, you know, all that stuff. And it's it's going to be an amazing time. But one of my favorite parts of joy is the moment we take where we honor and bless single moms. We bless these single moms, that the, the roles that you as single moms carry and the things that you do. And so it's just a significant and special time and special moment. And we, we so look forward to it. And so there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot going on in our life, in your life, in the life of Milestone Church across all of our campuses. But can I tell you something? It's important for us to be able to slow down and go, okay, what's really the meaning? What, what is the target? What are we moving towards? What are we really looking for? And that's what Jesus is going to be talking about and sharing in John chapter 15. But before we get there, I, I want to highlight really the first interaction and the first conversation that happens in the book of Luke where an angel comes to the shepherds. And it's significant in the, in the angel coming to the shepherds, because what was happening here is there was a group of people that thought that the Messiah, the Savior, was coming just for a special select group of people. But the significance of him coming to the shepherds was the fact that he was going, I'm not coming just for a select group of people. I'm coming for everyone. I'm coming for everyone. On the outskirts, I'm coming for everyone. And so he comes to the shepherd, and here's what the angel says in Luke chapter 2. Verses 8 through 10, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news. How many could use some good news? You may be in a season, in a moment of life where you need some good news. Maybe you're in a, in a situation that's a little challenging and it's difficult. Regardless of the age or the season that you're in, it, things can be hard. But what the angel of the Lord is saying is there's good news. And there is a great joy that you can experience. In fact, it doesn't matter where we're at. It could be a great season. It could be a challenging season. How many of you could use a little bit more Joy. I could use some great joy in my life. And what I love here is in this moment, this is how God describes the Christmas story. There's a, there's a lot of messaging around Christmas. There's a lot of things around Christmas that we hear. But what the angel of the Lord is saying is right here he's saying, Christmas is signified by you experiencing great joy. Okay, well how? How, how do we do that? How do we, how do we experience that? Where, where do we find that out? What does it look like? Because that's what we're all looking for. But here's the challenge. Based on how we live our life, 
in our current society and cultural context, we make it really hard to experience joy. It's probably harder than it's ever been. And there's a couple of things that make experiencing joy hard. Why is it so hard for us to experience joy? What makes it challenging for us to experience joy, the real joy, this great joy that we all are looking for? Well, the, the first thing is this. It's performance. It's performance. We're trying to earn it. We, we've got to achieve it in our, in our culture from the very get-go. It's all about anything that really matters and is of value is something that you earned. Now, don't hear me and, and, and misunderstand what I'm saying. We should work. You should work hard. We should earn the things that we earn. If you want, That's all well and good. But can I tell you, the joy that you're looking for can't be earned. The joy that you're looking for can't be achieved. You can't work your way into it. In fact, you could be at peak performance in the, the environment you're in within work and yet be in rock bottom in your soul and not experiencing joy. You, you could be achieving and performing in one area and missing it and having a void in the area of joy. Because what happens is we feel like, okay, if I can work hard enough, if I perform, if I execute, then I'll have the very thing that I think I want, the very thing that I think that I'm looking for, but you don't. You don't experience the joy that you're actually looking for. I think another thing that that hinders us and, and keeps us from experiencing joy is pain. We all experience pain. No, no one is absent of experiencing pain. In fact, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. You'll have pain. You'll have tribulation. But he says this, take heart, for I have overcome the world. He goes on and says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Courage. You can take courage because in the middle of your challenges, in the middle of your pain, you can experience joy. Now, I know what you're thinking. You go, well, Pastor Chris, you don't know the pain that I'm currently experiencing in my life. I may not know your specific instance and circumstance. But here's the, here's the reality for me, having been in ministry and pastoring people for over 20 years, the challenge is I have an opportunity to be with people at their greatest point of celebration, but oftentimes also at their greatest point of pain. And I see where people are at. I see where you're at, you're at when it comes to the pain that you experience. But can I tell you, you can experience pain and joy at the same time. It can be done. It's not easy, but it can be done. I think another thing that keeps us from experiencing joy, this great joy that the angel of the Lord is talking about, is comparison. I thought that if, if I had joy, I would, I, would, I would experience these things and see these things in a different way. But what happens is comparison. It holds us back. It, it, it hinders us from being able to truly experience joy the way in which we should. Why? Because comparison is the thief of joy. Now, that sounds real good, and, and you may think, well, that's tweetable, and, and, you know, that's good. I've seen that on social media. Can I tell you, long before the Internet and before social media, that was Teddy Roosevelt saying, listen, you compare, and now it's harder than ever before because you're on that screen comparing. If I had this, if I look like that, if I achieve this, and it becomes overwhelming, can I tell you, it's just stealing 
your joy. Why? Because it's a thief. Comparison will be a thief. And what begins to happen is you, again, this ties into then the performance. If I achieve and if I work, then I'll have the joy that I want to experience. We buy into this lie that if I put someone else down and I elevate myself, well, then I'll have joy. No. You're not going to arrive at the place of the joy that you are looking for in your life by comparing. It will hinder you from experiencing great joy. And the last is this, it's, it's expectations. I finally got the thing that I thought that would, that would satisfy, that would bring joy. I, I got the, 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 the position, I got the title, I got the pay, I got all of these things, but it didn't satisfy. The expectation of arriving at a place that you thought would provide the joy that you're looking for didn't. You know, we live, you, you, you've heard this phrase before probably, we live in a, in a context and a culture of, you know, no one wants FOMO, right? Fear of missing out, you know. But can I tell you, there's some things that, you know what, you just might benefit from missing out from. You can expect, well, if I arrived here, then I expect that I would experience these things. Can I tell you, you always don't want what you think other people have. You don't. And so it may be a blessing to you that you're not experiencing those things. But what happens is when you have an expectation that if I got that, if I obtain that, then I'm going to experience joy. And what begins to happen is you realize it doesn't. It robs us. So we live in a world and we live in a society. We live a life that honestly, it makes us hard for us. It makes it hard for us to experience joy and, and experience the way that we should experience joy in our life. But the way we live our life is killing our joy. It's robbing us of joy. So where do we find it at? How do we get it? Where, where do we can, we, can we, can we borrow it from somebody? Anyone got any extra joy I can have? Need a little bit? You got any extra in your pocket? Can I have a little bit of joy? Can, can, you, can, you, can you order it? Does it ship two-day delivery on Amazon? Can you get it here? Expedite? Does it same-day delivery? You know, because here's what happens. Is we wish we could just kind of, can I get just a little bit of joy temporary? I, I experienced that in my life. There, there's a real challenge going on in my home right now. I'm just being transparent with you. Real challenge. You see, because we've got some, some individuals around our life that are moving into to new homes. And it's not so much a new home. But they're moving into new homes that have like acreage. It's like an acre plus, you know, this language, you know, it's a little over an acre. That's my favorite saying I keep hearing. It's like a little over an acre. Well, there's a problem with this because all these families around us are getting this house on a little over an acre, which is enough room for chickens and goats. It's enough room for a miniature pony that my wife is convinced my children need. I don't want a miniature pony. You know what that all sounds like to me? Work. For me. Work. So I'm like, can we do a petting zoo? Can, can anybody got a goat that we can borrow so I can let Wendy just pet the goat, feed the goat, milk the goat, whatever she wants to do with the goat. So we don't have to get a little over an acre and have goats and chickens and miniature ponies. Because that all sounds like well, it's a real problem. Like, can we rent a goat somewhere? Anybody got a goat we can rent, okay? Do, what, what do we do? Because, look, here's the thing. I wish that that was the case with these goats and these chickens and these miniature ponies. But the reality is, as much as we wish we could rent or borrow, 
That's how we live with joy. Can I rent and borrow some joy from somebody? You can. You got to own it. You got to own that joy. And you have to know where to find that joy and how to access that joy. But we live in a life and in a world and in a society that at times makes it very challenging for us to do this. So joy can feel elusive. It can feel as though it's like sand falling through our hands. We, we try to grasp it. It's like the wind, but we can't seem to obtain it. But Jesus says you can. And he tells us how to do that in John. In John chapter 15, you see, at this point, prior to, to what Jesus is sharing here in John 15, the joy of the world has come in the form of a baby. And Jesus grew from a baby to a man. And that Jesus is in this moment where the fullness and fulfillment of what his life is, is coming to fruition. It's coming to a point. The whole point and reason why Jesus came is now here. And he's about to go to the cross and die on the cross for you and for me. He's about to pay a price for my sins and for your sins. A price that none of us could pay. And he's in this moment just before he goes and he's in a garden and he's praying. And he's under so much weight and pressure, the magnitude of, of what he is about to do, that the Bible says that he is sweating blood. I don't know about you, I've been in situations where I have experienced pressure and stress. I'm sure you have as well, but never to that point. But that is the context of what Jesus is in. Now, I want you to understand that context. Because here are the words that he says in the middle of that pressure. Pressure like you may be feeling now. Pressure of the season and pressure of family and pressure of finances and pressure of all these things. And you're looking for joy. And watch what Jesus says, John 15, verse 9. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Can I tell you, he's able to endure this moment because he knows the love of his Father. When you know God's love for you, you can endure any moment that you're experiencing. He says, verse 10, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. My joy. He's in this moment and he's saying, my joy, I want it to be in you. And in this moment, I want my joy to be in you and that your joy may be what? Complete. You see, when you really understand how much Jesus loves you, the love that he has for you, you'll abandon the philosophy of this world that says, here's what it looks like to obtain joy. And you'll begin to see things and perceive things in a completely different way. You'll begin to see moments that can be challenging where the pressure is on. And yet you still see the joy of how God is working and moving in your life. You see, when you do, you'll have joy based on something different than what the world says you get joy from. You, you'll, you'll begin to see what it looks like to see the completion of joy in your life. I'm reminded of this because how do you get here? How do you, it doesn't happen in that moment. What I love about Jesus is, see, Jesus, in that moment, he's in the garden, he's praying. That wasn't the first time he went and prayed to his father. Oftentimes, as you read through the Gospels, it says that Jesus went away alone to a solitary place to pray, to talk to his father. You see, there was a preparation 
prior to. And what happens is it brings about great joy. One of the things that Wendy and I have prayed over our kids often, Lord, let them be a joy and a blessing to those that they're around. No, no, my kids aren't perfect. Neither are yours. They're not, I'm telling you. Okay. None of them are. They aren't. But my prayer is let them be a joy and a blessing. There may be some other things at times, but at the end of the day, let them be a joy and a blessing. And can I tell you, they've been a joy and a blessing to us. But I can remember back in 2018, there was a moment where in January we have an event called Prepare. And Prepare is three nights of prayer and fasting. And we were praying specifically for some things for our children. And one of the things, especially for our oldest, was that she would begin to own and grow in her own personal relationship with Jesus. And so we're praying that. We're believing in that. We're doing our best to help her and, and direct her. And listen, I'm, not, I'm talking to you as a dad right now. You may think, well, of course you're doing that. You're a, you're a pastor, Chris. You know how to do it. Okay, look, I never had a, uh, at that time she was eight, you know, nine. I, I'd, never ha- I'd never been in that season with her. She's my oldest. We're experiencing a lot of things. But what happened is when, when the world shut down and it was like shelter in place and we're at home, typically I have my time, my quiet time with the Lord. I, I'm doing that in the morning before they're ever awake. Well, our schedule's kind of shifted, and so now... I'm having that time, but guess what? She's getting up, and she wants to come sit on the other end of the couch with me. She's like, Dad, can I sit here and, and, and read my Bible? I'm like, no, please. Can you go in the other room? I'm like, thank you, Lord. I mean, I'll take it when I can get it. So I'm like, yeah. And so we just started talking, and, and, and I you know, gave her a little uh, devotional, and she's reading in her devotional, and she's real creative. She likes to draw, and so I'm like, Read the Bible. Here's what the scripture says. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Write it down. You know, she's like, you know, God will speak to her. She has all these drawings, real artistic. I'm like, wow, that's powerful, man. I didn't, I didn't, I read John 3.16. I didn't get that. I certainly couldn't have drawn that either, you know. But it was, it was God's speaking to her. She was at her first fall retreat this past year. And we're talking about some of the things the Lord had spoken to her and what God was showing her. And here's what was so significant. She's here, and I can remember Wendy and I thinking, like, there have been times where I'm like, Lord, I'm just so grateful. Just the joy that we have in this moment. And again, don't hear what I'm not saying. This is not about me elevating my children. This is not about saying my kids are perfect. They aren't, okay? I promise. They're not. But what I do know is this, is in that moment, Wendy and I are experiencing such joy, but that joy didn't come because of that moment. That joy came because back when she said, Dad, she could have said, Dad, can I go watch a show? Sure, go watch a show. I mean, you're eight. Why not? You know, that'll leave me. I'll be quiet. It'll be quiet. I can read my Bible, sip my coffee. I invited her in and began to show her some things and talk to her and taught her something that we'll teach it in 101, we teach it in 201, we teach it in 301. It's soap, scripture, observation, and prayer. How to read a scripture, how to see what God is wanting to show her in it, how to apply it and how to pray. It's something simple. Maybe you're familiar with that soap method. I just taught her that. Can I tell you something? She could have easily done nothing with it or done something with it. But here's where that joy was found. The joy wasn't found in that, oh, she's reading her Bible. Oh, she's doing her devotion. Here was the joy. The joy was found in the fact that she partnered with her mom and her dad. That said, hey, here's how you can grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. She could have done nothing with it. She could have disregarded it, but she didn't. She partnered. And because it brought about joy in our life, and, it, and it's, it's bringing about joy in her life. 
This is what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, will you partner with me so that you can experience a fullness of joy in your life? There is a joy that can be made complete if you will partner with him. It's, he's inviting you into this process in understanding what does biblical joy actually look like. You see, when we partner with Jesus, you make his joy complete, and thus you experience joy in your life, and it is made complete. So how do we do that? How do we experience genuine joy in our lives? Well, first is this. You have to receive joy. You can't get it if you don't know where it comes from. How do we access it? How do we apply it to our life? What does that look like? It it doesn't come from hitting your goals. It doesn't come from accumulating stuff. It doesn't come from great experiences. It's not going to come from the, the, the Christmas dinner you can't wait to have or the gathering with family. All of those things are good. But joy won't come from there. That's not going to give you the joy that you're looking for. Those things provide momentary happiness, which is great. But what we're talking about is something supernatural. Something that is far greater than that. It's something that Paul talks about in Romans, in Romans 15. When he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. As you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you get filled with that joy? It's the working in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not religious activity. You can come in here. You can be a part of the serve team. You can worship. You can have all the hot chocolate and Danish cookies that you want. I mean, they're great. They're addicting. And they're so small, you can pop like six of them before you even know it. I'm speaking from personal experience in between services. You can have all those things, but you're not going to receive joy. Because it's not religious activity, it's a relational exchange. It's when you come into the moment of recognizing that Jesus wants a relationship with you. And when you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you receive a joy that otherwise you will never experience anywhere else or through any other means. It comes through Jesus. So you have to receive joy. You have to receive it and understand and recognize that what begins to happen is when you know, just my own life, I'll just be honest, in my own life. How many ever you have those moments you just kind of, you're off a little bit. I, there's time, I get off. And here's what I know. I know that I get a little off point. I'm a little off skew when, when and I get, how many of you get, fr- anyone get frustrated? No, you don't get, okay, well, yeah, I'm older than me, all right. You know, I get frustrated at times. At things, most of the time, I get, I got patience with people. I get frustrated at stuff. You know, you just kind of like, you, you lean into the, to the pantry and then that doorknob kind of gets your belt loop hanged. You get mad, you want to rip a doorknob. No, okay, well, just me, all right. You know, lots of doorknobs. I was talking to someone earlier. They were real encouraging. You're like, Pastor Chris, a lot of doorknobs I've been mad at. I'm like, thank you, you and me both. You know, it's like, golly, man, I just get frustrated. Can I tell you, when I get a little sideways, when I get a little frustrated at stuff that can be silly and ridiculous, most of the time, if not every single time, it's because I'm trying to do something in my own strength. I need to receive the leading and the working of the Holy Spirit that then leads me into all truth. That's what the Bible says. Which then allows me to have access to a joy that otherwise I would not be able to access. I have to receive joy. 
And I can tell when I'm not going to be able to receive joy the way I need to when I'm trying to do things in my own strength. Which then leads to this. If you're going to have genuine joy, you have to choose joy. Choose joy. You, you have to be able to own it. Once you know, okay, where do I access it at? Where do I get it? It comes through Jesus. Well, now I'm going to choose joy. i got to own it. No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation. Probably about a year and a half ago now, there was this individual that when I'm driving home from the gym, she was an elderly black lady. She's beautiful, just full of joy. I mean, just big old smile. She'd be out on her morning walk. And I'd see her, and I remember the first time I saw her, I just happened to wave at her, and she waved at me. And then it was like we'd be passing, and I'd just honk my horn, and she'd wave at me. I'd wave at her. I have no idea. For about a year. We'd just honk at her. I'd just honk at her. She'd probably like, who is this strange Hispanic man driving around honking at me, man? And so this pastor, I hadn't seen her in a while. Maybe at the time she was walking and I was driving home. And so I happened to see her. And I just, I was like, this is it. I, I've been meaning to, like, introduce myself to this woman. Probably going to freak her out a little bit. So I, I go up and I U-turn. And I come back around. And literally, there's a traffic light. And at that traffic light, I am the, like, third car. And she is literally walking up to the exact spot where I am stopped at a red light. I threw my hazards on. I rolled down my window. Probably scared her a little bit. I was like, good morning. And she's like, hey. She was like, what's your name? I was like, Chris, what's your name? She's like, Miss Vicky. She didn't say Miss. Her name is Vicky. And she walks over. And I just told her, I said, Vicky, can I tell you something? And this is why I stopped her. I ended up in, I had some car I've been handing out. We, if you were here a couple weeks back, we handed out Starbucks car. We, we, we asked you guys to just uh, love on people, just bless them with Starbucks and, and just be intentional about it. And I had been doing that, and I had one more left in my car. So I handed it to her, and I invited her to church. And this is what I told her. I said, Miss Vicky, I just want to thank you. Oh, baby, for what? I love it. I, right there, just melt my heart. Oh, baby. Oh, baby, for what? I said, Every, for about a year, I'd drive by, and every time I see you, you're out for your walk, and I'd honk, and you'd big old smile, big old wave. You'd wave at me, and I'd wave at you. And I said, your joy is contagious, and it just blessed me. And she said, oh, baby, she said, I'm just old, and I'm just out here choosing to do the best that I can with this body that the Lord has given me. And I said, in that moment, Miss Vicky just blessed me because she's going, I'm making a choice. I'm making a choice. And I said, thank you. So I said, I'll be praying for you. She said, oh, you're going to be on my prayer list. I said, please do pray for me. I get mad at doorknobs, okay. And so she said, I will. That's a problem, Pastor. So, and, 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 but can I tell you, in that moment, she chose. She chose joy. She, she in and of herself, I don't know anything else about her other than her name is Miss Vicky, And she likes to go on walks at a certain amount of time uh, down this street. But it was a choice she was making. You may be walking through things, and can I tell you, the things you're experiencing, you can still choose joy. You can choose to have joy. And it's important because when you choose joy, you begin to realize the difference. You know people. You've been around people. You've been around people. You're like, man, they just got joy. they're just joyful. In fact, here's how you know they're joyful. Because it probably bugs you a little bit. You're like, man, why are they so joyful? You need a little bit of that, but you can't borrow it. You see, they've probably learned to access something that you have not yet learned to access. 
Why? Because sometimes what begins to happen is we can execute like we talked about earlier and do all the right things, but we don't know how to actually access joy. The business world even knows that. Over the last five to six years, there's this uptick, like it's something new and revolutionary. It's all about your EQ, and now that's a factor in what and how you hire people. Why? Because even businesses are noticing. People know how to execute and get their, their, their targets, but they don't know how to emotionally and relationally interact with people. They don't know how to access joy. They don't know how to experience what they should really be experiencing. So how do we help them out in that area? Moms and dads, we can do the same for our kids if we're not careful. You know, I hear it often working with parents. I just want my kids to be happy. Look, I, I get it. When we're, we, are, uh, we are only as happy as our least happy child. It's painful. But can I tell you one sure fire way to ensure your kids are not happy is live to make them happy. I promise you, I will guarantee it. Why? Because what's happening is you're living by the standard and you're teaching them to live by the standard of the world that says, my happiness is dictated by what happens to me rather than a joy that is found inside of me. And when we live in that world, we have a generation that has been raised based on it is the world's responsibility to make me happy. No, it's not, it's not their friends, it's not their teachers, it's not their coaches. It, for those of you that are older, so it's not just kidding, I ain't picking on young people. Because there's adults in here, it's like, well, it's my spouse that's supposed to make me happy. No, 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 no. That's the problem. We've taught people that their happiness is found in something and someone else. That's not where it's found. Biblical joy, here's what Paul says is biblical joy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, you became imitators of us. And of the Lord, for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering. Wow. Anyone looking forward to severe suffering? But in the midst of severe suffering, you had joy given what? By the Holy Spirit. You see, you can't find it by borrowing it. You can't find joy by, by renting it. You got to own it. You got to make a choice. I'm going to choose joy regardless of the circumstance or situation because of who Jesus is in the middle of challenges or trials or tribulations. I can choose joy. It's a choice. And what begins to happen then is once you've received it and then you've chosen joy, you can give joy. That's what I love about those testimonies. Those baptism testimonies, what was it? My neighbor, my friend, my family member. You're the hero. You're the hero, Milestone Church. I love it. Lila's story. And I was even talking to her mom this morning. I love it because how did that happen? That happened because there was a family in this church, Milestone, you, that said, I'm going to choose to give joy to a neighbor, and I'm going to invite them. And because they came, their life was impacted. Then their daughter got signed up for a camp. Then their daughter comes here, and their daughter gets it. The family that got baptized at the previous service, you know how that happened? They met a couple that was from the same city in California that they were from. They didn't know them, invited them to church. They came. That daughter came to Fall Retreat, gave her life to Jesus at Fall Retreat a couple years ago, then got baptized with her older sister and her dad. Why? Because someone chose to give joy. That's you. You're the hero. There's no one on this stage. It's not me. You're the hero. 
And what happens is when you choose to give joy, it makes an impact not only in your life, but in other people's lives. Because here's the temptation. The temptation is to be centered on ourselves. I, I don't know if you're any if you're a football fan in here or uh, you enjoy sports, but I heard a story uh, recently of a former NFL quarterback. His name was Ryan Leaf. Some of you may know Ryan Leaf or heard of Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf was the number two pick in the 98 draft. He was drafted just behind Peyton Manning, who went on to be a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion. Now, Ryan Leaf, though, was said to have thought to have been a better athlete than Peyton Manning. But Ryan Leaf was arrogant. He was all about himself. He thought he was the best. He was mad. He went second. Grumbling, His teammates said he was a terrible teammate. He only lasted about four years in the league. In fact, unfortunately, he almost kind of got labeled as, you know, when there's a bad draft pick nowadays, they're like, he's the next Ryan Leaf. Who wants to be that? Well, Ryan Leaf spiraled out of control. He became addicted to painkillers and, and, and narcotics, ended up in jail. Started to isolate, just thinking about himself, just down. And then something happened. And he was given an interview. This was, interview was recent, and he's long been out of, of, uh, of uh, prison. But the, the, the reporter said, what changed? And he said, what changed is my cellmate told me that I was selfish, and all I thought about was myself. And so he took me down to the prison library and had me start teaching other people how to read. And he said, when I got my eyes off myself and I started teaching other inmates how to read, he said, it transformed me and it marked my life. It marked my life. You see, even in that moment, in the middle of a cell, in the middle of a prison, he chose to give joy. And because he gave it away, it marked him and it transformed him to the point where he even said, had I won multiple Super Bowls, what I felt then by helping other people was greater than winning multiple Super Bowls. You see, this is what John writes in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. It says, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that your joy may be complete. You want your joy to be complete? Give it away. Give it away. Don't underestimate the power and the ability of being able to help people experience joy. Give it away. Don't underestimate. Make the most. Make that phone call. Give that invite card. Ask them to come to joy. Ask them to come to the candlelight service. I've met so many of you ladies. I'm so proud of you ladies. I've, I've met so many of you talking about you're inviting your relative, your friend, your sister, your mom, your aunt, your neighbor, your co-worker. It's, that's what we want. That's the goal. It's not just to have a group of women that are milestone, that are already attending milestone, and we just come together and have a women's event. The goal is, the target is, invite someone. The target is people getting saved and getting baptized. Never underestimate the ability you have and the power to be able to give joy away. I want to pray for you here in just a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up, and I'm going to share this story. And I shared it at the first service. And, you know, when you experience joy, when you see that on people, it does something to you. It marks you. Maybe you've been around someone like that. I've been around someone like that for over 20 years. Her name's Wendy, my wife. And she didn't know I was going to do this in the first service. And so I was like, I ain't looking over there because I feel her eyes like just burning a hole through my side of my head. I was like, if I look that way, I'm, you know, I may lose my sight, you know. But before I met Wendy, when she was about 18 or 19, she had an accident. She shattered both of her kneecaps. 
And when she did, she was in the hospital. She was bedridden. Doctors were like, I don't know. I mean, if you'll even really be able to watch. She was kind of confined to a watch or a wheelchair and, and crutches for a better part of a year. And that the thought was that was going to be essentially how she lived her life. She was very active, athletic. But in that moment when she had that accident, it changed everything. A lot of the medication they, they used to try and treat her shattered kneecap, they're like, really, you should have a knee replacement, but you're 18, and if we did a knee replacement, you'd probably have 10, before you, 10 more before you died. So we're not going to do that. And so a lot of the medication they gave her to try and help out, it ended up having adverse effects and, and, uh, and impacting her health in a negative way in other areas. And so she was at a service, and it was about a year after the accident, and it was kind of a prayer service. God healed her. She was able to get up and, and walk. And, and to this day now, you've seen her. She's walking around. But the thing about Wendy is, you know, sometimes miracles happen in a moment. Sometimes miracles happen and they're a process. And her miracle has been a process. Because although she can walk, most of the time on a scale of 1 to 10, she's typically a level 10 when it comes to pain. She pretty much lives in constant pain. Now, most of you wouldn't know that because when you see Wendy, she is who she is, the life of the party. No one, Everyone's like, Pastor Chris, good to see you. Is Wendy here? Oh, nice to see you too. Yeah, she's over there. <laughs> now I got three little girls. They just said the same thing about them. But can I tell you something? And Wendy's doing much better now, and God, it's been a process, and God's good. I'm not telling you the story to... to create a moment where you're you're thinking oh my goodness Wendy lives in such pain but I want you to know that while as pastors we walk with people that experience a lot of pain we're people too so so we got to live this out we got to learn to to receive joy and choose joy and, and give joy and can I tell you I share this story because the way in which Wendy has lived her life I mean typically if she ever says Man, my knees hurt. She, her knees are always at a level 10 when it comes to pain. If she says her knees hurt, she's probably like at a 15 or a 20. Now, she makes a great meteorologist because I know when it's going to rain and I know when it's going to get cold, though. I'm grateful for that. I'm like, oh, pack it. your knees hurt? Okay, I'll make sure to take my raincoat, all right? But what happened is in the middle of all of that physical pain, Wendy has chosen joy, and it's impacted my life. Now, yes, she's my wife, but that was even four years prior to us being married, she was that way. And it impacted my life. You see, what you're looking for, that great joy, it's an impartation. It's spiritual. It's not circumstantial. It's not situational. And it's certainly not seasonal. Because the joy that we want you to experience isn't a joy that you just have during this Christmas season. It's a joy you can live your life with. 